I inherited workaholism. I would wake up very early, six in the morning, and I'd be working until 11 o'clock at night. I, that led to severe burnout. When you nourish yourself through self-love, self-care, you actually radiate a gorgeous authenticity that permeates into every aspect of your life. Because I believe so much that we women, we are meant to express so much of our soul and creativity and that we deserve the abundance. I started making my own lotions and potions in my kitchen as a hobby. For once in my life, I was able to make mistakes without any consequences. My mom used to always say to me, treat your skin like the most expensive silk on earth. Washing my face became a spiritually grounding ritual at the end of the night. Personal growth is business growth and business growth is personal growth for an entrepreneur. We have have an inner essence that makes us authentically gorgeous. And self-care for me is an action for which your future self will thank you. By nourishing ourselves, we can nourish others as well. If we view our careers and if we view our work in that vein, it becomes a very beautiful and powerful thing. When you make decisions based on appearance, you create a self-imposed prison. And when you decide to follow your authenticity over approval, that is true freedom. Welcome back, everyone, to Diary of an Empath. I'm super excited. Today's guest is Angela Gia Kim. She is the founder of the brand Saber Beauty and the author of the book Radical Radiance. Her approach to skincare took the industry by storm. And I think that the story is going to surprise you guys with this. So, Angela, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure to be here with you. So I like to start off with childhood because I feel like that shapes who we are. It shapes a lot of our environment, how we view the world, and sometimes shapes what routes we take in life. So for you, what was your upbringing life? Because I know that you came from like an Asian American background. You lived in Iowa from, from what I was reading. Yes. Did that present any challenges for you growing up? First of all, my parents are Korean. So we, I grew up in a predominantly white town. Uh, Caucasians. And so it really was a blessing and it was challenging all at the same time. And I say it was a blessing because out of all the challenges, I really believe it shapes, it shaped who I am today, which I'm so grateful for. Um, you know, I was made, my sisters and I and, and my family, my mom and dad were made fun of for being quote chink or um, my dad didn't have the perfect accent, so people would make fun of him and my mom as well. So that was in the, the environment in which I grew up. Um, but I'm so grateful for that because I learned at a very early age to forge my own path. And so I was a little concert pianist. My parents started me on piano and my dad was a workaholic. I would wake up in the middle of the night and he would be working at 4 a.m. And Carice, I would just literally just go and stare at him because he'd be working. He was a math professor and he'd be doing math equations and grading papers and working really hard at four in the morning. So I watch that. And I grew up watching my mom, who's again, she's Korean and Korean women are they love their beauty rituals. She was more in the self-care, massaging her face and putting on this toner so that her skin was so glistening and gorgeous. So I grew up with, you know, self-care and this work ethic that I think really shaped me. And then along with the racism that I experienced early on, I just think it shaped me to become this entrepreneur, you know? And I was reading that your dad passed away at a young age. How did that impact you? Did that change your, your environment after that happened? Totally, because we were no longer financially stable. And I was very concerned about my mom. And she's um, uh, she's raising three teenage girls on her own in Iowa, in a foreign country. Um, and I just have so much respect for her ability to bring up three very strong girls, you know, that became accomplished in our own right. So I, I tip my hat off to her, but I, it really changed things when you no longer feel safe and you feel like you, I was the oldest of the three. And when you feel like you have to be the dad and the mom, cause my mom was sort of, um, she was just lost, you know, and, and I think she fell into her own, um, she was, she was scared. 
you know, in this foreign country? And can she do this on her own? So me being the, the native English speaking person, being the oldest, I felt like I really had to shoulder a lot of the responsibility. And again, you know, there are many nights when I cried myself to sleep and I had to overcome a lot of fears throughout my adulthood of abandonment. Um, I think when you lose a parent very suddenly at an early age, you are always scared that you will lose the ones that you love. So, but the responsibility and, you know, the, the fear of abandonment, all of that, again, has shaped me to be who I am. So I'm so grateful for that. You know, I'm able to run a business here in New York City and I'm used to the responsibility. I don't know a lot of people that I, a lot of my friends are often like, oh my God, how do you handle so much stress? How do you, how do you, um, you know, you're responsible for a lot of people's livelihoods and, you know, there's, there's a lot of, I will say there's a lot of stressful situations, but it's just sort of the way I'm used to it and I can handle it, you know? You talked about your dad and watching him stay up super late and having that drive. Do you feel like there's a correlation with, because I hear you talking and it's like, you sound like you have this drive that not a lot of people have because given your circumstances, you know, living in an environment that, you know, had racism, had its challenges, you could have took a totally different route and you didn't. Do you feel like watching your dad and seeing his work ethic impacted your work ethic? Definitely. <laughs> I mean, it's we could unpack that for days, you know, like watching him work so hard and he comes from an extremely accomplished family. You know, his father moved to the United States when he was 27 years old and became an accomplished English writer. I don't know if you are, you know, wow. from Korea, learning a new foreign language and then becoming, uh, it would be like me moving to France when I'm 27 and then becoming a celebrated French writer. Like it's, you know, you don't get there just by, watching Netflix. You really work, right? right? And, um, you know, his great uncle was like the ambassador from Korea to the United States during the Reagan and Carter administration. So it, he came from a lineage that worked very, very hard, you know? And so that's plain and simple. I, I inherited workaholism, you know, where I was, I would wake up very early six in the morning and I'd be working until 11 o'clock at night. I, that led to severe burnout you know, and although it helped me to accomplish a lot of things, it was like I could manifest whatever I wanted to, at, but at what cost? At yes. my health cost, at my happiness, it cost my happiness. Um, I, I was very, I was working way too hard and I was building a business in, in one of the hardest cities, challenging cities in the world, New York City. So um, it led to burnout. It led to panic attacks. It led to a lot of hives, a lot of skin issues. You know, the business I keep talking about is Safer Beauty. It's a natural skincare brand inspired by Korean beauty rituals. And thank God I grew up with my mom, speaking of our childhood, right? She was into the self-care rituals. So I grew up watching her put layer love onto her skin. And that's the premise and the foundation and the, and the philosophy of Safer Beauty. So I have started to teach women that when you nourish yourself through self-love, self-care, you actually radiate a gorgeous authenticity that permeates into every aspect of your life. And you can manifest, yes, work is beautiful, but you can manifest with much in a much more easeful way. I have a, a planner called Self-Care, uh, sorry, Savor Beauty Self-Care Planner. It's a 90-day planner. And it's it, the first page says self-care first, you know, and when you take care of yourself, you can give from a cup that overflows. And I wrote a book that I sent to you, Carice, yes. um, called Radical Radiance. And it's just my journey of, how to, well, it's 12 weeks of self-love rituals to manifest abundance, beauty, and joy, because I believe so much that we women, we are meant to express so much of our soul and creativity and that we deserve the abundance. We deserve the beauty and the joy that we want and crave for in our life. And it does take work, which is beautiful, but also equal amounts of self-care and self-love. What I was reading, what I found very interesting with you is that you weren't always into the beauty industry. You were a pianist. So how did you make this transition to 
being a concert pianist to now getting into this beauty industry and having this passion to help other women? Where did that transition happen and how did it happen? Uh, well, I guess you're right. I forgot to, I forgot <laughs> about that. I was a concert pianist. <laughs> I, was, I was touring sometimes 8,000 miles a month. And so it was a very lonely endeavor, although I was very passionate about it. And it, I felt like it was such a privilege to go to all these towns, small towns in America and perform and wow. give them the gift of music. I, I felt so privileged and, and honored to do that. And then one day I was about to walk out on stage and I put on this quote, natural lotion all over my body and started breaking out into these hives in front of hundreds of people. And I was so humiliated, Grease. I mean, you know, imagine you break out, you have one pimple and how subconscious you feel. And I was here, I was breaking out in front of hundreds. And so I took a look at the list of ingredients after the concert and was really shocked to find out how many chemicals there were. I decided to do a lot of research and I learned about parabens and I learned about formaldehyde and all these preservatives that are carcinogenic and not good for you. They're they're toxic for your skin and um, for your bloodstream. So just, I started making my own lotions and potions in my kitchen as a hobby. And I started doing my own research, you know, years ago. And it was such a spiritually healing thing for me. Not, it was spiritually healing. And it was also very healing for my skin as well, because um, for once in my life, I was able to make mistakes without any consequences because you had asked what was it like growing up in Iowa and these Korean, very strict parents. And now as a concert pianist, and I had a very, very strict teacher's you weren't allowed to make mistakes on stage, Grace. Mm-hmm. That was, it was it's a lot of pressure, a lot of pressure. So for once I was alone and I could make mistakes and I was so happy. Like, oh, I felt like, oh, I can fail. And, and my soul is not on the line, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, and my self-worth was not on the line. So it was very spiritually healing to then just have fun for the first time in my life. And experiment. And every day, this is where my discipline kicked in. Every day I would wake up and I'd say, well, I mixed oil and butter together and that was pretty gross. So let me see if I put coconut oil with lavender essential oil, what would that be like? And then I next, and then I was like, oh, that smells so good. It smells like coconut lavender. Now, what if I put in something that's a little bit more nourishing for my skin, like shea butter? Oh, that felt a little heavy. So I just, every day I was experimenting and I was racking up a lot of money on my credit cards. And then um, one my friend, one day I gave her after like a thousand of these tries, I gave her a lotion and she came back to me later and she said, oh my God, I love that. Like it was so healing for my skin. And I gave some to my mom and she wants to buy 13 gifts for her friends. I was like, really? And she said, yeah. So how much would you charge? And I was like, oh, I'm going to charge money for this? Okay. And from then on, I I sort of became this accidental entrepreneur. Yeah. It was a very innocent foray into entrepreneurship. And oh my God, I've learned so much since. But And made every single mistake under the stars that you could ever possibly imagine. I've made that mistake. But that was my MBA. It was the School of Hard Knocks. Sometimes that's how it happens. I feel like the universe will put you on a path that you're supposed to be on so unexpectedly and in the most unexpected ways. And sometimes we fight it because it's like that ego comes in. It's like, I don't know if this is, if my, am I really, is this something I'm supposed to do? Is this something that I'm going to be good at? One thing that I loved and that made your brand and your entrepreneurship very like stick out more than other people that I've seen and that I've interviewed You mentioned the connection, the soul connection when it comes to skincare and and your brand. I would love for you to talk a little bit about that because I've never heard anyone talk about spirituality and skincare. What is that connection for you? Mm, I love that question. Well, so my mom used to always say to me, treat your skin like the most expensive silk on earth. And so she would say that because she would see me just rubbing my skin with harsh exfoliants made from apricot seeds, you know, when I was very young, I would just buy whatever the drugstore brand there was. And she would say, no, Angie, treat your skin like the most expensive silk on earth. You know, don't rip it, don't tear it, don't pull it, treat it nicely. This is how you wash it. And she would really wash her face like it was the most expensive silk on earth. And when I was going through that whole burnout period, um, I think my daughter was around five or six years old, 
And I was just so stressed out and I felt like I couldn't be the awesome mom that I wanted her to have. And I, I just, at the end of the night, I was drinking, you know, like three glasses of red wine and passing out. And I just was like, this is not, this is not treating my soul like the most expensive silk on earth, right? I, wh why I'm treating my skin like the most expensive silk on earth. What about my soul? And what about self-care? And am I caring for myself? And the way I want to, I, I'm caring for my daughter. That's where the spirituality started to settle in. It was like washing my face became a spiritually grounding ritual at the end of the night. It was not just washing your face. It was smelling the aromas. We have a double cleanse system in um, at Savor Beauty and we number the line one, two, three, four, five. So this is step zero and one. It's the pre-cleanse, jasmine, coconut oil with the pro cleansing cream. And so this is a double cleanse system. And so I we designed it so that the coconut jasmine pre-cleanse oil smells like a tropical vacation. So you're smelling it and you're massaging your skin very gently. And you know, even the tips of your fingers when you're washing your face, it's a sensual. Your, your fingertips are very sensual. And I can say that as a concert pianist, when I would touch the piano, I would, it was like you were putting so much passion and love and massaging the keyboard. Well, you're doing that with your face too, you know, and it smells amazing. It's so grounding in the coconuts and the jasmine. It's just, it's very sensual, sensorial journey. And then you layer on the pearl cleansing cream after, and that smells like a spa in the bottle. And it has these grape seed, crushed grape seeds that sweep away the toxins that the coconut oil has pulled out from your pores. And you're just like, it smells like a spa in the bottle. So you're feeling relaxed and, and restored. And then you wash it off and then you feel reset, you know, and that's how I think we can treat our souls. That's how it becomes spiritually grounding. You reset your skin, you reset your, your soul as well. So when you go to bed, you know, I used to go to bed with a lot of toxic thoughts. I must do this. I have to do this. And that can give you insomnia. That doesn't give you pure rest, right? But now when I go to bed, I'm really resting. I listen to, you know, a beautiful yoga nidra on YouTube. You can get that for free. You just Google it. I'm meditating. I'm enjoying my time with my partner. You know, it's just, it's resetting and, and enjoying the rest, right? So, so very, um, I tried to illustrate to you how you can bring skincare into the spiritual realm. And, you know, if I back out a little bit and answer your question in a more holistic way about business, building business in a spiritual way, I call it the spiritual seven figures. How do you learn from your mistakes and make every single mistake count? And you examine the mistakes. Like why? Because personal growth is business growth and business growth mm -hmm. is personal growth for an entrepreneur. So even when I'm interacting with an employee and I feel challenged or I feel resistance from them or me, I'm realizing that we're both trying to grow. And what's deeper in there? Is it really about the hours and clocking in and clocking out? Or is it being impeccable with your time? You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of lessons that we can learn and I'm always learning on a daily basis. And I love the women in my company because they challenge me on so many levels, but you know, numbers also, it's an energetic thing. It's, it's a spiritual thing. So I, I don't know. I view business building as, as spiritual growth as well. I want to ask you a deep question and I'm going to, I have to read it because I wrote it down because I feel like this is kind of like an, uh, a question you got to think about, but I, I think it's going to be a good one for you. So as the founder and the owner of Saber Beauty, how do you see the relationship between self-care, beauty, and oneself of identity? And how does this perspective influence the development and the philosophy behind your brand? Side note, did you guys know that I'm not only a therapist, but I'm also a professional tarot reader? It's not exactly me hovering over a crystal ball telling your future. It's a tool to connect with your guides and your higher self to help you in certain areas of your life. Tarot genuinely changed my life and it can potentially change yours too. Click on the link in this podcast for more info. Okay, back to the podcast. Mm, okay. So let me unpack that for one second. <laughs> I identify very deeply with the Savor Beauty brand, and I believe that the energy trickles from the top. So this is why what I'm about to tell you is what I identify with, with Savor Beauty. 
So I really believe that we have an inner essence that makes us authentically gorgeous. And I also believe though the wiser I get with as I gain wisdom years, as I say, I'm realizing that our authentic beauty radiates into every part of our lives and creates this magnetic force to manifest abundance, beauty, and joy. And it's a magnetic force um, for radiance. It's, it's magical. It's joyful. And when we can radiate it from every pore, our brilliance shines through. So I know that's, that sounds beautiful and, and glowing, right? But if I'm to break it down a little bit into how do we apply this practically into our lives, it's through self-care rituals. And self-care for me is an action for which your future self will thank you. So nourish yourself through meditation, through breathing, you know, taking that when you inhale, you inhale what you need. And when you exhale, which is very challenging for me and for a lot of people, when you exhale, you let go of what you no longer need or want in your life. And that very action, if you understand the prof- the profundity, <laughs> sometimes I make up words, but that sounds like a little <laughs> profundity of like that, of inhale and exhale, what you need and what you no longer need. You, rem- you become much more conscious with it and you can bring it deeper into your life through meditation, through yoga, and then through practices of self-care. And so, the, you know, in Radical Radiance, my book, I have 52 rituals for self-care and self-love, some of them being washing your face, some, some of them being taking self-care sabbaticals, some of them being what I call radiance retreats where you go... Um, you know, on, on a vacation, either with yourself or with others, just, and it's a tech free, right? Where you're just going to immerse yourself, appreciate and savor whatever activity you're doing, getting a massage, taking, uh, going into the forest for forest bathing, a walk, um, spending time with your dog, spending time with your cat, spending time with your loved ones, your family, whatever it is that you choose to do, but being fully present and appreciating and feeling immense gratitude for it. These are ways that you can plug into your authenticity and, you know, the beauty of your inner essence. And then the self-care rituals radiating from the inside out, you know, I think that that's how, um, for me, Savor Beauty, that's what I want it to be for a vehicle for other people. I don't know if that answers your question. Oh, it does. And that, you know, that's why I asked you that question because I noticed that with your brand, it feels like it's not just about skincare products. There's lots of them out there, but it's about really radiating that self-love from within. I see so much of how, when you talked about your mom and the rituals that you would see her do and her self practices and her self-love with skincare, I can see how, you know, that even transforms into your brand and, and who you are. Cause I feel like skincare too, it can change who you are as a person. For me, it did. Like when I started focusing on like my skincare, taking care of myself and just doing these little things that were for me and for no one else around me, because I'm always doing everything for everyone else. Mm -hmm. And when I finally started doing these things for me, it just kind of changed who I am. It, It gave me this like confidence and this vibration that I didn't have before. And it even started changing my definition of success within myself. For you, going through this journey of, you know, from being a pianist to starting this amazing brand, has your definition of success changed over the years? Okay, so definitely. I want to back up a little bit because um, I I would love to, if you don't mind, talk about my mom and the beauty of of my mom for a second to answer your question. Um, So when I saw her when I was very young and my dad was alive and she was very vibrant. She was um, an accomplished little entrepreneur on her own. She was a piano teacher. She had opened up a piano studio in our, in the basement of our home in Ames, Iowa. And, um, you know, she, she was very confident. And even though this was a foreign country for her, she started like a music festival. And I remember sitting in the audience and she had invited like, um, these piano teachers to come into our town, little town. And she would, I would watch her talking on stage and I thought, that's my mom. And she's just so, you know, she would, I just loved seeing her take care of herself and, um, just be a mom and be confident. And then when my dad passed away, I just saw how her spirit wilted and her confidence wilted. Mm -hmm. And 
I wanted so much for her to take care of herself. And I remember feeling frustrated because um, I didn't know how to give her that confidence. I didn't, I was just a teenager, so I didn't know how to help her, you know, through those really tough, tough years. And so I tried to start a business for her. I remember it was called something like Decadent Delights, even for the discriminating cookie monster. I think I started that. <laughs> and it was my sister and me. And, and she, I said, mom, you know how to bake cookies and cook coffee cake. So I'm really concerned. Like when we go to college, how are you going to take care of yourself? And so I just started this business for her. I went to the public library and I looked up all these recipes and I started baking for her and I made menus and we went to the college town and I, I just started pitching all these, that was, I started pitching these cafes and someone ordered cookies from us and I stayed up all night long and I, you know, baked cookies and I delivered it to them. And I was just trying to launch a small little business for her so that she could take care of herself. And I remember coming home and, and she was just looked at me and she was so depressed and she said, oh, Angie, you just raised my electricity bill with the oven, you know, and she was just, she didn't, we didn't know how to help each other in that moment, you know? Mm -hmm. So I stopped the business. That was the last cookie delivery I ever gave in my entire life. It was the shortest lived business probably ever. And I just, today, I really believe that I, that's why I'm so passionate about women taking care of themselves financially. Because I think it's really important that we, you know, this is where my dad's work ethic comes in, but my mom's self-care, there needs to be a yin and yang balance. I, I really don't go as crazy as I did and become a workaholic, but also I want my daughter, I want your daughter, I want all of us to find what makes our soul sing and become abundant from it. And I want us to be of service and understand that by nourishing ourselves, we can nourish others as well. And that if we view our careers and if we view our work in that vein, it becomes a very beautiful and powerful thing. That self-care feeds into self-love, that feeds into work, that feeds into, you know, this beautiful energetic cycle of abundance, right? And that is my definition of success today. I want... I want to go back and I want to heal my mom and I want her to feel abundant and not worried financially. And I don't want her to feel scared about having to raise these three girls on her own without the support of a husband or, or that extra income. So I want that for all women, all, all people, you know, but I want that to be a powerful statement and not a stressed out, I have to work thing, but rather that we think of it in a different way, Right. Self-care plus service is gorgeous. Love that. Yeah. That's so beautiful. And I love that connection that you you clearly have all of these things from, you know, your your parents and your your cultural background that have influenced you. How has your cultural background being Korean? Because, you know, Korean skincare we know is like phenomenal. You know, Koreans right. really value their skin. How has that cultural background influenced your brand and what you've done with your career and how you see your brand going in the future? I love your questions, Grace. They're so deep. And <laughs> oh, thank you. I'm going to tie back to what you were talking about, how you felt like Saber Beauty is deeper um, with its mission. And so the Korean beauty industry is this billion dollar industry and it's, um, they sell masks and, you know, creams and serums and so does Saber Beauty. But what I love about Korean um, ancient rituals is, you know, there's a saying called as above, so below. And so below as above. Have you heard that saying? I haven't. Basically what it, you know, what it means is that everything is inextricably intertwined. And so, you know, everything is interconnected, right? And in ancient Korean times, um, the, they believed that the body and spirit were just one. And it was believed that like your happiness is reflected on your face and your bodies. And so to me, when I read this, when I was digging for the historical significance of beauty in the Korean um, history, I I thought, well, this explains why Korean women, they've been working on their skin's radiance from as far back as 8918, I think it was. Wow. And, you know, they were using natural concoctions from safflower, apricot, um, peach oils, and they wanted to use it to remove age spots and to have this gorgeous glossy sheen on their skin. That was 
you know, 89-18. And to this day, it's very important for Korean women. So I just think that like that pulling that into, um, you know, our products today, like we use safflower oils as an homage to this gorgeous, beautiful, you know, Korean heritage. It's a nod to my culture. I love that. It's beautiful. And man, Koreans have some of the best skin ever. And I say that with love because I'm like, man, that is when I was started working on my skincare. That's what inspired me. I was watching all of these videos on these Korean women and what they were doing with their skin. I'm like, how can I improve my skin to look like that? And I truly say this, that when I'm 37 now, and I didn't start working on my skincare until probably about age 30. And my mom's an esthetician. So she's like, you need to do this. You need to do it's free for you. Why aren't you doing these things? And when I started doing it and I started seeing the improvements, I have never felt beautiful without makeup. Honestly, I was always so like, even though I didn't feel like I was an ugly person or anything like that, I just didn't feel confident. When I started working on my skin, I I really mean this where it just made me feel so much different about myself. Like I can go to the store without makeup. I feel so confident without makeup that I actually don't wear it very often. Mm -hmm. I wear less of it and it just changed who I am as a person. It made me more confident with other people. It made me more confident with other relationships. And it just kind of made me value my spirit more. And, and like you, what I love about how you said it's like connection with even like a mindfulness practice, my routine every day and every night starts with my skin. It starts with myself before I pick up my phone, before I start introducing my energy to the world and inviting energy into my space, I work on myself first. I would love to hear for you, what does your morning routine look like? What do you do in the morning and what are your steps? Well, Carice, first of all, I should tell you that your skin is gorgeous. Thank you. You are radiant. Um, so, and I love what you just said about how basically you're saying you just love the skin you're in now. Yes. And that has yes. a lot of depth to it. That's not just, it goes way deeper than just your skin, right? That's yeah. right. And, and there's nothing like more wonderful than just waking up and just feeling good in your skin, right? And feeling gorgeous from the get-go. My morning ritual to answer your question is I wake up just like you. It's the first thing that I do before, as you said, I introduce my energy to the world. I love that. I'm going to use that from now on. Um, <laughs> so I go to the bathroom and I brush my teeth, wash my face, just splash some cold water on. And then I mist my face and I put on um, either our raspberry serum, which has tons of antioxidants, um, or I put on the pumpkin seed oil, which is great for hyperpigmentation and age spots. So it's got a lot of zinc for healing. So I'll put one of those and I just want, I put the, I'll massage one of those serums onto my face. The mist is really helps me to cleanse the pores and my skin is dry. So it drinks up all of this nourishing goodness and vitamins and minerals and then I just feel glowing. And then I come and I do yoga, uh, kundalini yoga in um, the living room. If you have to think of like any Korean ritual when it comes to skincare, if you had to name like the number one tip that you would say, you know, you have to incorporate this into your daily routine, what would that be? Well, I would say it depends on your skin type. I think right now what I'm enjoying so much is massaging beauty oils onto my face. It's winter here in New York City, so it's very dry. And uh, two or three times a day, I'm massaging like either the raspberry or pumpkin seed oil, which I think we sent you the pumpkin seed oil. Yes. I think it's the rose one, right? I think there was like a rose center. That, oh, so it smelled so good. By oh, the way. Okay, wonderful. <laughs> so Loving we, it. We sent you the carrot rose, which is our natural retinol for skin renewal. Um, and just massaging it onto your face um, so that you're glowing. And a lot of people who have oily skin, they think, I just want them to rethink. There's moisturizing their face. Cause a lot of people with oily skin say, Oh, I shouldn't put any creams or oils onto my face. You just want non-clogging oils. You still need nourishing vitamins and minerals. So what I always say is you can take a toning mist one, you know, we obviously at Saber Beauty, we have a toning mist and then you take like one drop, like, like a little pump of the, one of the serums and then mist it two or three times massage it between your hands and then massage it onto your face. And it's more like a hydrating floral water. 
which still gives you that radiance and hydration that you need, but it doesn't clog the pores. I love that. So there's something for everyone, which I think that is like a big message for people who think that they can't use products or that there's no hope for them. There is hope for any skin type. And I feel like even just doing these little things for yourself, it's just good self-care practice. And I, I love that your brand represents that. You talked a little bit earlier about manifestation and abundance. What is your definition of manifestation and what kind of manifestation practices do you use in your life? Oh, you ask such delicious juicy <laughs> questions. I love it. Well, I used to think that manifesting was to create a life you love, um, which I still think is is beautiful. But now I'm realizing that manifesting is to radiate a desired feeling. This comes from somebody who used to work so hard to manifest whatever she wanted at the cost of her health and happiness. And then I would get the prize. I would manifest whatever I wanted to, whether it was like, oh, I bought my first dream apartment in Manhattan. And then after a couple of months, it's like, oh, what's next? And I was like, no, this time when I got my, I decided to purchase an apartment in, in New York City, I thought to myself, I'm not aiming to buy a home. I want to have a feeling. I want to radiate desire feeling. I want it to be a place where there's so much love, where I'm making dinners, enjoying morning teas, uh, meditating, laughing, dancing. That was my feeling, the desired feeling I wanted to radiate. And so I think that's very important because when you when you think of it as manifestation, I want to get what I want then it's very transactional. But when you say, I want to feel love, you will feel love through all the process. And then when you get it, you will manifest love, 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 and more loving experiences, loving people, love, right? And then you can be so, you can feel so abundant and fulfilled for the rest of your life at home, right? Versus now I need to get another apartment or now I need another home, right? So that's my definition of manifestation. And in order to do that, what I do is I create um, a 90-day vision. And a lot of this is in the Saver Beauty Self-Care Planner. Which is very beautiful, by the way, because oh, I looked through it. Yeah. And I was telling you before the show, I'm actually really, really impressed with the journal. So just FYI, we're going to link that for everybody too. Okay. Thank you. Well, the first thing is in the next 90 days, I want to feel... And I'll just share with you what I wrote. I said, I, I want to feel inspired, inspiration. And then as I was meditating on that word, something very strong came to me. A message came to me. And the you want to hear what it was? Yes. <laughs> said this, this, what I downloaded was in order to be inspired, be inspiring to others. Mm. So I wrote that down. Um, so I need, to, in order to do all this, learn, create, give, and teach and inspire other people. So that's, that's my 90 day vision. And, um, and so I meditate on that and I do what I call a manifestation meditation where I think of all of the scenarios where I want to be inspired and I want to be inspirational. And I also have a manifest wheel that I outline in the book of six different areas in life. And I've created radiance intentions what do I want to intend for each of these areas of life? And, um, and I meditate on that as well. So those are all how I want to feel, radiate a desired feeling, my, de my definition of manifesting. That's beautiful. And that really just takes the context out of it because I think a lot of us, we say, okay, I want to get the house. And then, well, we get the house and it's kind of like, now what? I've done it. I want to, I want to make this much money. Okay. Well, I did. Now what? I want to get the house. Okay, well, I did. Now what? And I never found myself feeling, even still, completely fulfilled. And I'm kind of like at that pivotal point, even in my career, my life right now, where I'm like, all right, well, what's next? Like, what am I doing? Like my podcast, even. I love getting to meet people like you. This is the highlight of, of getting to do this. I love hearing messages that, hey, I listened to this episode. Thank you so much. It helped me leave my narcissist ex or this helped me feel so self-confident mm -hmm. when I when I did that. But I still find myself at times kind of feeling like, oh, well, what's next? And and I, I haven't really, I love how you say, instead of like manifesting a thing, manifest that feeling. I'm going to try that because I find myself feeling stuck sometimes. And there are a lot of times where I just want to say like, I'm done. 
Like, I just want to, I want my time back. Maybe this isn't worth it. Do I see this going anywhere? Have you ever had a time during your career, you know, you have the successful business, you have the successful brand that's clearly very meaningful to you, but was there ever a time where you just felt like, I, I can't do this no more? And what stopped you from quitting? Oh my gosh. I mean, it's so many times, even today there, I mean, not today, today, but like just mm-hmm. in general, like there are times when I'm just like, well, because it's, that's when you put yourself out there, you're going to feel the resistance and inertia. It's just human. And if we all just realize that that's just part of life, I think we would be less apt to give up just knowing that the ups and downs are, ne- are inevitable and there are going to be days when you do feel like quitting. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you should quit. You're allowed to feel that you want to quit and you're allowed to feel like your life is just down in the dumps and that you hate everyone and everything in it. Like that's just normal and human. And let's just accept that that's going to be part of life. But I say make decisions when you feel love because that's when you know it's the right decision. So don't, you know, if, if you're, you have a podcast and you're just like, well, this is worth it. So much work finding guests and so much work recording. And it's so much, you know, it is a lot of work getting it out there. Well, you would make that decision when you feel the love for your podcast, the love for your audience, and you just know it's time to move on. And it's not giving up. It's just, you are now evolving into a new sector of your life. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's, that's even, you know, my, my ex-husband and I, you know, we decided to go on our separate ways. And I, I think we did it out of love, love for our daughter, love for each other, actually, you know, I, you deserve to be happier than this. And I deserve to be happier than that. And I think when you really can do end things on the, a note and a, from a place of love, it's the right decision. And, and I'm not saying, by the way, I, you know, cause you talked about, you know, readers sending you a note that says, thank you so much. Your podcast helped me to leave a narcissistic relationship. Not saying that like everybody and every situation needs to be, um, kumbaya mm-hmm. because there are some times when, you know, anger is love, right? Like your anger is, we got to make an action because we love you. Right. So there's that too. So I'm not, I don't want anyone to mistake it as we got to feel kumbaya, meditative kind of feelings because anger has its place too. I agree. And that's, that's great advice. And for you, you know, you've, you've clearly made so much impact on your community, your culture, your brand, your skincare, women in general. How do you balance your energy? How do you balance that, that entrepreneurial side that, you know, you, you saw your dad work super hard. You clearly have a lot of the similar work ethics. How do you keep that balance? Cause you've been there before where you felt burnout. Mm-hmm. How do you prevent yourself from going back into that space? You know, what I think is really beautiful about human beings is we've got these emotions, right? And th- so there's a positive emotions and then there's not so positive emotions. And so I think the not so positive emotions are wonderful because they tell you their data points to tell you when things are out of bounds and out of balance. So when I start to feel irritated, tired, overwhelmed, upset, um, I know that I have, there's something out of balance and I need to bring it back into balance. So I've been, I, at the end of 2022, I was just feeling so tired and overwhelmed and, and I was getting irritable at a faster rate, right? impatient a little bit. So then I knew that I I was like, well, what do I need to balance out in my life? I I think I need to cut back on the amount of meetings I'm having because all I'm doing is giving in my meetings and I don't have time to create and I don't have time to, I just don't feel on top of my my stuff. Mm -hmm. I need time. So I told my team, hey guys, I'm not going to attend any meetings the third week of every month moving forward. And, you know, they didn't like it because they like having me in the meetings. They like being, you know, but I was like, listen. And and so the way I explained it to them was it's not personal to you guys, but if you want me to be a better boss and if you want me to keep creating products that people want to buy, I need the space. And so I've taken that space for myself and I've learned how to say no to meetings. So that's just a concrete example of This is when I know, I think human emotions are wonderful because they tell you, don't be scared of 
the negative emotions. They're telling you something, right? So that's how I know. I, that's where I know how to create balance. I think our body and our spirit tells us when something's off. I feel it. Like I, I know when I'm feeling stuck because I get the overwhelming feelings. I start getting irritable, just really tired because I take on a lot of energy because I'm constantly answering emails. I'm, you know, doing stuff with my podcast. I also do readings. So I'm doing those things and I'm a therapist. So I'm constantly in the healing realm where I'm like, give, give, give. So if I don't spend time every single day doing something to pour into my cup, I feel it hard and yes. fast. So yes. it's like I have to take that break of, you know, knowing like I have to implement implement the meditation. I got to implement that self-care in the morning. So what I'm trying to do lately is like from 7 o'clock to 10 a.m., that is my time. Don't touch my phone. Don't answer no calls. Don't answer the emails. Don't answer the notifications. Just leave it in another room and then I will get to it. It's not going anywhere. And so that's kind of like my new self-care ritual is not not giving my energy access to the world yet. Mm-hmm. That can happen and that can wait, but I have to fill up my cup in order to have enough to give because otherwise I'm just giving from an empty cup. And that just that just doesn't work. It doesn't work for me. Well, and on top of it, Chris, you're you're an empath, so that's mm-hmm. and, and a lot of us are empathetic, empath, or you know, intuitive, we're sensitive, and so it's kind of comes at us double whammy, you know, yes. when you're around others and you're of service. That then that means you need to fill your cup even more. So I have a question mm-hmm. for you, if you don't mind. Oh. Yes, the tables are turning. <laughs> no, well, just because I think it'd be really helpful for people to hear, you know, like what are other things that you do to fill your cup that that make you feel nourished? Great question. I think for me, you know, first first and foremost, my daughter is my is my world. And so, you know, just having her around doing fun things with her is something that I really try to implement as number one. But I love to dance too. So I do like a Tahitian style dancing. And for me, I like it because it gets the energy moving. It gets my energy out. Like I have to move my body. It's, I'm very, you know, stagnant with what I do. You know, I'm constantly like doing admin stuff or, you know, when I work out, I'm lifting weights. It's very like rigid type of movements. Mm -hmm. So when I'm dancing, especially with Tahitian dancing, it's a lot of hips. It's, it's something that's like, it forces Mm -hmm. your body to move. It forces the energy to get Mm -hmm. out. And, um, and I love doing skincare. Like I, I am big into that. I love doing any type of skincare. I love microneedling. I love going somewhere and getting a treatment done. So anything I can do for myself. And yeah, I, I, I really, I I like to be selfish and I say Mm -hmm. that in a positive way because for me, when I travel, when I'm doing my, my beauty stuff, when I'm working out, those are things I do for myself. And that is always going to be number one for me, because if I don't do those things, I'm not going to be the best mom. I'm not going to have the energy for this podcast. I'm not going to have the energy to give to my clients. Now, there are some times where I struggle with that balance because I do, I'm, I'm a perfectionist. I am a a hardcore entrepreneur. So for me, I'm always trying to be creative. I'm always thinking of new things to do. So much so that sometimes it's at my detriment because I have a hard time just doing one thing at a time. I want to dive into everything and I want to dive in hard and fast. Mm. And sometimes it's good, but sometimes I've struggled with the balance of rest. Yes. I have a hard time with that. So right. yeah, it, it's challenges, but um, those are the things that I try to implement. Great question. Well, I think <laughs> that what you said was when you were talking about dancing, I think when you feel stagnant and you feel stuck, moving is one of the best ways, like physically moving to move the air around you is really powerful just to get more momentum. So sometimes if I'm feeling like, I remember when I was dating, um, after my divorce and it was the first time I'd been dating 20 years, Grace, mm-hmm. in New York City. Aww. It was like so scary. But, you know, when you're waiting for a text or you're just, you know, you're anticipating something, whether it's from dating or it's a business text, whatever it is, I find, or you're feeling stuck about situation, I find the best thing to do is just move. So I remember I used to just walk or I would organize a closet or I would clean something, do laundry and just get involved in the physical act of moving. And I love that you Mm -hmm. said dancing. I love dancing as well. So that I think, uh, you know, energetically moves the air around you and then moves something inside of you. And then 
magically a text would be there or a business deal would come through or um, I'm in a lifted mood and a problem has been solved. You, you know, it's not magic. I think it's, it's movement of, of energy. Yeah. And it helps raise your vibration and it helps even just getting the dopamine flowing and all the nice neurotransmitters we love from the brain that, that tell us good job and keep going. Um, For you with your brand, where do you see the future of Save Your Booty going? What do you envision for it? I, it's funny that you asked that. I was talking to my team about it today. It's, it's really a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle of skincare, of self-care, of self-love. Um, you know, the self-care planner is for people to plan the times because you and I have talked about so many times when you're working so much and you forget yourself, it's because you're planning your work, but you're not planning your self-care. Why not? Mm, you know? Yes. Bingo. And, um, you know, we're launching an SPF 50 product as well. So we're still very um, approaching skincare with as much science as possible and with as much self-care as possible. And I don't know. I, I, I want to also live, leave some magic in the air because there's some beauty in the unknown of what may come to be. What advice would you give to young women? What advice would you give to your younger self? Mm. I would say it's okay. It's going to be okay. And the most important thing is to follow what you authentically know is right for you versus what your mom wants, what your friends want. And because that's actually when you, you know, when you make decisions based on appearance, you create a self-imposed prison. Oh, yes. And when you decide to follow your authenticity over approval, you, that is true freedom. So that's what I would tell because my, I lived a whole life on approval on applause and getting that standing ovation uh, in quotes on, you know, accolades. But I think importantly, I had to make some tough decisions in my life that I never like getting a divorce. Oh my gosh, I would have never done that because my mom would have just been so disappointed in society and in the Korean society, especially you can't do that, but it led to so much more happiness for everybody. So follow your heart. I love that. And you you clearly put yourself first and I can I can see the challenges especially with, you know, if you if you came from an upbringing that said you have to do this or you're expected to be a certain way and I can relate in some ways. I didn't grow up with that cultural background, but you know, growing up with a single mom who I did not have a good relationship with, I always felt like I had to prove to myself, not necessarily to other people, but that perfectionism had to come from me because it's more of a trauma response if I don't do this. I don't have any help. And so I have to do everything a hundred percent. And I think for me, you know, I needed to take that and just, you know, know that sometimes it's okay to care for myself. Mm -hmm. I spent so much time caring for other people that sometimes you have to put yourself first. And I love that your brand, and I, and I truly mean this because I don't say this lightly or with too many people, but your brand really surprises me because it's not just about products. It's about spirituality, being the best version you can as a woman, your cultural background, um, how you grew up, what you saw, taking the things that were important to you and, and really implementing it into your brand and rituals and how women can do these things every day to improve their lives and to improve themselves and their self-image. So I think that's beautiful. And I cannot wait to see, you know, where your journey leads you, where your brand goes. I can't wait to see what else is in the future for you. And I just thank you so much for your time and your energy and for coming on the show. Thank you. So that's such a beautiful compliment. I receive it with gratitude And I will say it takes one to see one. Oh, thank you. Well, thank you, Angela. Thank you. 